Hi, welcome to the Simply Investing Dividend Podcast. My name is Kanwal Sarai, and in this episode, I'm going to be sitting down with Prakash, who is the founder of DividendPower.org. In part one, we are going to talk about the current challenges of investing in today's economic climate. And in part two, Prakash is going to share with us some of the stocks that he's currently interested in. And along with his experience and insight, which we're going to get in both part one and in part two. So let's get started with part one right now. Prakash Kohli is a self-taught investor and blogger on dividend growth stocks and financial independence. You can find his writings on Seeking Alpha, Business Insider, NASDAQ, Value Walk, Forbes, and other leading financial blogs. He also works as a freelance equity analyst with a leading newsletter and platform on dividend stocks. Prakash was recently ranked in the top 1% of financial bloggers as tracked by tip ranks for his articles on Seeking Alpha. Prakash, welcome to the Simply Investing Dividend Podcast. Thank you, Conwell. It's nice to see you again. Good to see you as well. Uh, nice to be chatting uh, today. So let's get started with sort of the beginning, Prakash. How did you get started with dividend investing? So um, it really started as a hobby. Um, you know, personal investing um, was something I was interested in. And like many um, investors in stocks, I started in mutual funds um, and then I transitioned to stocks. And Eventually, that transitioned to being a blogger and financial influencer. So what made you transition from, because I, I was the same way, I was invested in mutual funds uh, many, many years ago. What made you go from that to, to dividend stocks? What was the catalyst there? So I had, I had some interest in kind of doing it myself. You know, I'm kind of, a, you know, interested in, in learning more and in figuring things out and, um, it was kind of the early 2000s and there was a lot of people starting kind of their own financial sites. And, you know, you were seeing these on the Internet as you would search for them. And, you know, I was um, thinking, hey, I could try this on my own. And, you know, during the dot com crash, there was definitely some mutual funds I was invested in that did not work out so well um, because they were overinvested in the dot com era tech stocks. And so I was like, I was thinking, can I do this better? And so, yeah, that's how the real genesis of the whole thing started. Uh, that's incredible. I mean, it sounds like we're sort of, we started in sort of the similar time frame because I was starting in 99 and 2000. So we survived the tech bubble <laughs> and we saw what happened to yeah. uh, the tech stocks as they crashed. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, do you remember your first dividend stock? Do you remember what you bought? Yes, I do. So I don't own this anymore. At the time, I owned a stock called uh, Kinder Morgan Partners, and it's called KMP. Um, it, the, the company no longer exists. It's now become Kinder Morgan, um, and so it's KMI. It had a restructuring, and uh, KMP was a great stock. Um, it was an MLP, a Master Limited Partnership, so it was an oil pipeline, um, and it's, uh, it paid a lot of dividends. But in 2015, around it cut its dividend because they used too much debt to finance growth and they couldn't, you know, they're issuing equity and they couldn't pay the dividend. Um, and so that resulted in a cut. And at that point I was pretty much a dividend growth investor and a cut meant sell. <laughs> so I sold the stock and um, didn't look back. 
Um, you know, in hindsight, I mean, there was a lot of people who were saying, hey, stick with it, stick with it. But the stock has really hasn't gone too much to, to you know, anywhere in that, since that time. It's kind of traded in a range. And so, um, you know, that one is, uh, it was good while it lasted, but in the end it didn't work out, right? So, because, you know, you're kind of looking for the long-term decades-long holding as a, as a dividend investor, right? So, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you made the right decision because uh, I've come across a lot. I've met a lot of dividend investors that feel the same way. When they see a dividend cut, that raises a red flag. And a lot of them will automatically sell. Some of them will say, you know what, let's wait another couple of months. Let's wait another quarter. Let's see what happens. Um, and then they make a decision. If there's another cut, a lot of them are going to sell. Um, I'm kind of, yeah. I'll share my quick story yeah. with the GE. Um, Right. And I didn't sell. I still own GE today. <laughs> and they made a number of announcements, a number of dividend cuts over the years. And in hindsight, I wish I got rid of it because now I'm still hanging on yeah. to it. And now it's just, I mean, it's now I just hate to lose money. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep it until who knows what's going to happen. I don't know if it'll ever come back to the where, where it was. GE was a conglomerate, a huge company, right? I don't know if it's going to come back to where it was. Yeah, I mean, I'm not an investor in GE. Uh, GE, I mean, was a great growth stock, not just for capital gains, but for dividends. I mean, it made a lot of millionaires, I think, in that time. I mean, Jack Welch was the CEO for a long time. Yeah. Um, but it kind of, you know, the bottom fell out, you know, and so, you know, they cut the dividends and the company's going to be different going forward. But it's hard to say when it will be back. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, dividend cuts are a tough thing. I mean, when to sell is, is a hard question. And, uh, you know, it, it's just sometimes, you know, during the pandemic, the cut was, you know, for a quarter or maybe a six months or a year and they came back. Um, but in other cases, a dividend cut can be for a long time. And, and you know how it is, Conwell. I mean, once they cut that dividend, I mean, people sell and the, and the stock price drops as well because they're, they're holding on to that stock for a reason, right? So, yeah. Yep, absolutely. And uh, so, Prakash, I know uh, in March of 2020, when the, the COVID hit, and uh, I remember your site, you were tracking, and I'm not sure if you still are, but you were tracking all of the U.S. stocks that were cutting their dividends. I mean, that blog post, I think, went viral. We had so many comments on that thing. Are you still tracking that today, or, or where is that? Yeah, I mean, that was probably what put dividend power on the map. I mean, that, you know, that tracking of the dividends. I mean, we were doing it weekly back then. So we are still tracking them. We're doing it about monthly now. In fact, I just updated the post uh, today morning um, with about three or four more cuts. And so um, we did track a lot of U.S. stocks. We have a few um, ADRs in there. So Canadian and European stocks, um, which uh, do trade on U.S. exchanges. And, um, you know, it was it was useful for uh, my readers as well as a lot of readers. I got a lot of great feedback. Um, a lot of um, great, uh, you know, um, input from people. And it really, it really was a, a, a post and, um, you know, information that kind of made that made my site as well and kind of put me on map as well. Um, and so um, we still do it. We still have that table. Um, you can still go there and you can still search through the table and find out, you know, if your company had a dividend cut and we do still show when it was done. Um, the initial dividend, the current dividend, and we link to the source the best we can. Yeah, uh, That's incredible. I mean, it's an incredible service because I don't know anyone else who was doing this at the time. I still don't know anybody who, who was doing this. And it's great for you to track all of that. 
Is it easy for uh, our audience to find that on your website? Can they just go straight to the website or is there a specific URL? Yeah, so they can go straight to the Dividend Power website. And then, then if you look at uh, one of the drop-down menus up top, there's a dividend stock list. And we have dividend cuts and suspensions as one. Um, we added um, a list called dividend increases as well. And that's kind of a rolling list within the past year. And um, we, you know, we, you can search through the table on that. And then we have all the other lists that we track, which is like, you know, kind of the dogs of the Dow, the dividend kings, the dividend contenders, et cetera, all the dividend growth stocks. And, you know, I mean, those are amongst our most popular pages because it's all in one place, all the information. And it's, it's good for investors who are just saying, hey, I want to see a dividend calendar and it's right there for you. Right. And so mm -hmm. um, and you can find, um, you know, there's about what seven, eight hundred um, dividend growth stocks that are traded on U.S. exchanges. And so um, you can find almost all of them on those lists. Oh, that, that's great. Now. I know there was a lot of companies cutting dividends back in March 2020, right? Disney comes to mind, Boeing, General Motors just cut the dividend to zero back then. Um, now, if you look at the list today versus back in 2020, is it a smaller list now? I'm assuming some of the companies have started to resume their dividends or is, is that true or not? Yeah, that's that's correct. Uh, many companies have reinstated their dividends, especially this past year. Um, and so we, we don't track re reinstatements or um, restarts of dividends on that particular list, but you could see it on the dividend increases list. So you'll see something went from zero to some value and you'll see it there. Um, you know, the economy is, uh, has done well the past two years globally and in the U.S. and many companies um, were able to become profitable again. Um, and, and, you know, and in many cases, a lot of the cuts were from the energy sector. Oil prices went down. Um, you know, real estate investment trusts also cut dividends because, uh, you know, their commercial real estate wasn't being leased or they weren't getting rental payments. So they cut their dividends and so on. And so um, retail stocks, also restaurants. And, and in many cases, they're back. You know, a lot of these companies are now, you know, um, in much better shape than they were in March or April of 2020 or June of 2020. And so they're able to pay the dividends back. Um, in some cases, they're much higher than they were before. They, you know, they've they've reinstated and they've gone higher. So, unfortunately, they have lost their streaks, so they may not be, you know, a dividend contender or a dividend aristocrat anymore. So, yeah. Now, uh, you mentioned uh, we started the conversation with the uh, dividend cuts, right? And that was for most dividend investors. That's the reason to sell, right? Is as soon as a company right. announces yeah. a dividend reduction, they sell. Are there other things that you look for before you decide to sell a stock or is that it? As soon as the dividend gets reduced, you're going to sell it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, sometimes it's proactive. You're looking, you know, is the company struggling, you know, with, you know, poor revenue growth or negative, you know, the revenue is decreasing or even more importantly, earnings are decreasing. Um, and there are some companies who just take on too much debt and they do it to do share buybacks or pay dividends. And that's just, um, it works for a short time, but it doesn't work over long term. Eventually, the debt becomes unserviceable and they're doing it really for the wrong reasons, at least in, from my perspective. And, you know, there's also are they being disrupted? You know, is, is a company just, you know, they're a successful company, but something new comes out um, and that technology just disrupts their business and they're, you know, they get into trouble because they're not able to adapt. And so those are kind of things that you look for. But certainly dividend cut 
you know, balance sheet is the leverage too high, you know, that's, that's a big warning sign. And then you're looking at the traditional dividend safety metrics, um, as you're well aware, you know, the payout ratio, um, the dividend to cash flow ratio, can, can, can they sustain, you know, paying these, um, the dividends and, you know, everybody uses slightly different cutoffs, but let's say, you know, you're at the payout ratio about 65, 70%, maybe 75%, just depending on what industry and your own personal preference and beyond that, you know, there is some risk to the dividend at that point. And, you know, the same holds for dividend to free cash flow. And so um, some of those are some of the things that um, you look for if it's temporary or in your judgment, it's temporary, then you may hold on to it. But if it's consistent and persistent over long periods of time, over a longer period of time, let's say, then you may sell it. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I recently exited a position in, in, in a company in 3M because I felt like their um, legal challenges were a little bit on the higher side and I wasn't comfortable with it. Now for some other people, they, that may be perfectly fine. And, and so it's just really personal preference. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some, uh, some people jumped on 3M because they saw it as an opportunity, right? The dividend, the stock price came down, the yield went up and they said, well, I'm going to jump in, but I guess time will tell if that's a good decision or not. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I mean, yeah, the yield is uh, upwards of 5%. It's the highest in a decade. Or, or, and, you know, and, um, and, you know, it's, it could be a great entry point. But, you know, for other people, they just may say, hey, I just, you know, I, I have other options, other things that I'd rather invest in. So, yeah, absolutely. So we talked about some of the, the reasons why you may sell a stock. What are the, some of the reasons why you may hold on to a stock? Now, if we look at somebody like Coca-Cola, right, they've had a, an amazing streak of increasing dividends. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's over 59 years of consecutive dividend increases. So for a stock like that, do you just hold on to it and sit back or are you, how often are you monitoring your investments? How long do you hold on to your stocks? Yeah. So I'm, I'm probably in more of a unique situation cause I'm a, um, I'm a financial blogger and writer. So I'm kind of, uh, right. I'm looking at stocks much more often than the average person. I mean, that's the same as you, you've got your newsletter. So you're looking at it daily. Uh, most people that's probably too much. Um, and so, um, but you know, you should definitely look at your, your, your stocks maybe quarterly or at least biannually if you're comfortable with the investments you have. Now, Coca-Cola is one of those interesting ones. It, you know, it was the, you know, it was, um, a really, you know, a great stock in the eighties and nineties from capital gains, but it's kind of been more of an income stock since then. Um, but it's still growing. I mean, it's still growing and it's still paying dividends and, um, you know, it survived the pandemic without cutting the dividends. You know, I'm an owner. I don't expect it to, you know, grow like maybe a tech stock would grow. But if it gets a few percent a year growth and it's paying that dividend, I'm going to hold on to it. Right. And so it because I, you know, people are still going to be drinking soda, water, tea, et cetera. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I mean, I own Coca-Cola as well. I've had it for many years. Uh, I had it before they uh, they did a split uh, maybe three, four years ago. I don't remember exactly. It was sort of recent. They, there was a two for one stock split. And uh, as long as they're, like you said, the dividend is going up, it's an income stock. So I'm going to hold it for the income because that's what I'm eventually (laughs) the ultimate goal for dividend investors is to live off of the dividend income. Uh, So that's one of the stocks that's good to hold on to. Yeah. Um, So Prakash, there's one question that I always get from people. Um, You know, they'll say, Dividends are not guaranteed, right? There's no legal obligation for a company to pay you a dividend. So somebody like, we saw that with Boeing and GM and they cut the dividend when COVID hit. 
So if there's no real guarantee of dividends, you know, I, I kind of know the answer, but I want you to tell our audience, why would you still invest in dividend stocks then? I mean, you're, you're correct, Kunal. There, there is no real guarantee of dividends. Companies are not obligated to pay dividends. And, and you know, many times they, the board votes on the dividend quarterly in the U.S. Um, and in my other countries, it's often biannually or annually. And, 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 and it's, it's a return to the, to the shareholders. Um, but they, as you said, they're not obligated to pay it. However, a company that pays a dividend is often reluctant to cut that dividend or not pay it once they start paying it, especially the ones with these long streaks. You know, there's companies, you know, like Coca-Cola, let's use as an example. You know, they've paid a dividend for over 100 years now, and they've been paying a growing dividend for over 60 years. And it's a very tough thing for them, for that management, I think, to cut that dividend or to stop because a lot of the investors in, you know, these small investors like us, the retail investors, are owning that stock because of the very reasons that they, you know, they pay a dividend or they pay a growing dividend. And then, you know, yeah. they will be, there's exits at that point. You know, I mean, if you ever look at a, a company that has cut the dividend for whatever reason, you can see on the chart, all of a sudden there's a big drop that day or the next day because yeah. people are exiting. And so, um, you know, I mean, companies do the smart thing though. I mean, if they cannot pay it, they, they will definitely not and are definitely kind of limit the increases. But at the same point, there's a, you know, there's definitely a lot of um, expectations, let's say, that they continue paying it. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I think it it kind of forces the management to have, there's a certain amount of discipline that you need, financial discipline, in order to continue to pay a dividend for a company like Coca-Cola or there's other big ones, you know, uh, that have been paying dividends for many, many years. Johnson & Johnson is another one, right, That is that have been increasing dividends consecutively. Uh, or maybe that's just my perception. I think it forces them to so have some sort of financial discipline to pay it because you can't, at the end of the day, you can't fake the dividend. It's a cash payment to the shareholders, right? The company has to pay that. Uh, you can play around with the, the earnings value and all that, you know, you would share buybacks and more shares. So those numbers can be played with, but the dividend is it's cash getting sent out. Is that, do you agree with that or not? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, dividend is a cash payment to the shareholders. Um, and, it, you know, you have to have the cash on hand or the cash flow to do, to pay it. Um, and like you said, Conwell, I mean, the earnings, you know, there's always these one-time adjustments and so on that happen for a lot of large companies because they're so large and, you know, they have all these things that so they'll have the adjusted, you know, earnings. But a dividend, I mean, there's really no way to avoid paying the cash. Um, to the shareholders. And so that's kind of a um, indicator of a healthy financial company if they continue to pay it or they continue to increase it. So it's, it's not the only indicator, but it, it's definitely um, one of them, right? So, yeah, absolutely. So, what you know, the, the current climate today, let's talk about what's happening today in the economy, right? And we're all seeing this. Uh, the interest rates are going up. Uh, in fact, this morning in Canada, the Bank of Canada raised the interest rates again. Um, and uh, same in the U.S., the rates have been going up. Um, and the economy is slowing down. And everything, the cost of goods is groceries, food, gas, everything's gone up. How do you, as a dividend investor, how are you dealing with this today in today's economic climate? 
Have you stopped investing or are you, what's your approach? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, I've been investing now for a long time. And so if I include mutual funds, it's, you know, pre-dot-com era. And so I've been through more than one crash at this point. So I've definitely been through the dot-com crash, which was painful because it wasn't like a month or two. It was, you know, two to three years where it took for the yeah. stocks to come down and it took a while to recover. And I've been through the, you know, the, the great recession or the U.S. subprime mortgage crash. And I've been through the, um, you know, the COVID-19 bear market. And so this is really the fourth major, you know, bear market that I've been through. And, and there's in there, there's probably been a few corrections as well. So it's just part of investing. Um, in the long term, stocks tend to go up. Um, but there's always these uh, painful um, downturns. And this is a one of them. And, you know, the... Um, and, you know, the uh, NASDAQ is in a bear market. Um, the S&P 500 has been in a bear market. I think it's recovered a little bit in the past week, which has been nice. Um, but it's just part of it. Um, you can often find your best deals on stocks during these downturns. But it takes, um, uh, you know, a little bit of strength and fortitude to invest in during when the volatility. Not everybody's used to these ups and downs. It takes some experience to do so, right? Um, to invest in like uh, environment like this, um, you know, the economy is, uh, is, you know, some people say it's bad. Some people say, it, you know, it's, it's okay. And everybody's saying they're expecting a recession, but, you know, interest rates are going up, but it's benefiting some companies, you know, who, who rely on higher interest rates. I mean, banks are reporting pretty good earnings. Um, and some other companies are have, have seemed to have pricing power. You know, I mean, Coca-Cola just reported really great earnings, you know, are, are, and um, some of these other packaged food companies are as well because they are able to raise prices in this environment. And um, but at the same time, you know, there's a concern that, you know, hey, it's going to get worse and, you know, the interest rates keep going up. Um, certainly tech stockholders haven't done so great. And so um, but, you know, I think in the end, you kind of have to say, OK, be smart and invest in things that you know and that in that you think will come back when the economy recovers or when the market recovers. And so, you know, and then, and then the last thing is, at least in the U.S., I mean, you know, unemployment rate is about 4%, right? And so a recession usually doesn't have such a low unemployment rate usually. And so that's not to say it's not going to rise, but, you know, maybe it's just investors' expectations of lower interest rates have that have been around a while have just disappeared. And we ended up with much higher interest rates and they're just not sure how to adjust to it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, those are all good points. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's a little strange that we're hearing with, you know, the economy slowing down, interest rates going up, everything's costing more, but yet unemployment is low. And I see it here too. I mean, when we go to, we're shopping at stores or restaurants, you can see there still have signs like hiring people. They can't find enough people to fill those positions. So uh, that's really a big, uh, a big question mark for me, right? I, I don't know where we headed. Um, and I know as investors, it's, uh, I mean, nobody can predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen next week, next month, next year. <laughs> we don't know how long this is going to last. So have you, it sounds like, is it fair for me to say that you haven't changed your approach to investing uh, given the current climate we're in? Or are you just more cautious today than you were, let's say, a year ago? We continue our conversation in part two, where you get to hear Prakash's answer to my last question. And we also discuss some dividend stocks that look interesting right now.
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button, click on the like button as well, and check out our website, simplyinvesting.com, for more information. See you next time.